This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the quarter pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 163 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben and Gaz is on holiday this week so um, we've lost as well so it's natural that uh, I'm joined by my buddy Jake. How you doing mate? You alright? Yeah, yeah. Yesterday was a bit of a long day, but Ben, I know we did lose, but there is a win to talk about. So I get to be positive <laughs> for like maybe five minutes before we move on to sh- to the Rotherham game, which <laughs> is going to completely deplete my soul. But yeah, no, um, not too bad. Very tired. I didn't get home from Rotherham until about midnight yesterday. So uh, long yeah, time journey. We were back at about uh, I think quarter past half past eleven, so it was uh, yeah a bit of a bit of a long day, but um, yeah. Uh, just before we do go on, we are recording this on thir- uh, no, we're recording this on Wednesday this week, um, and Jake is doing his preview tomorrow, so we will be putting the podcast out on Friday as normal. But if anything major has happened on Thursday, um, then obviously you won't hear about it in the podcast. Um, but yeah, basically, I think uh, Gaz is away and I'm busy tomorrow, so we've re- decided to record tonight. But uh, yeah, shall we? Um, shall we kick off by talking about uh, that that win on uh, on Saturday away at Wimbledon, Jake? Because it seems like as good a place as any. Yeah, I mean, uh, I made the journey down. Um, obviously, it's a, a new ground, isn't it? Um, mm bit of a nightmare of a drive around the M25 it, it wasn't great um but just overall like uh, it was just a good experience especially to like tick off the ground like I say and mm. it, it just looked nice do you know what I mean I've seen it on the highlights and I watched the highlights of the game last year um when we beat them 2-1 and, and Hop scored in the last minute yeah and it just looked like a nice ground and I was always keen to see um and on my preview last week they technically it's the same place as where the old plow lane was so mm. um it's it was interesting and the game obviously like you say um i'm sure we're going through it into more detail but a really convincing win i thought um really well dominated the ball uh, had a couple of opportunities um 
probably got a bit of luck from the referee as well on occasion. Um, but it, it's it eased our relegation worries at least for a, a couple more weeks anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, when, when you say about uh, it, it being a bit of a nightmare to get to, I think it, it sounded like that from um, from what I heard, like, you know, people kind of um, it, sort of the location of it isn't the best suited for um, no. for, for mass transit, shall we say. Um, no. And that's a bit rich coming from us, considering um, that, you know, Central Bank is essentially in the middle of housing estate after housing estate. But uh, yeah, no, um, I, I think it was a just kind of a, a, a solid performance all around. I mean, you know, the, the, the lot of the a lot of the talk was winning ugly. Um, and I think that, that pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? It wasn't you, you couldn't necessarily go in and, and potentially win a league like that. But we did what we had to do. And um, yeah, just I think everybody to a man absolutely work their socks off on uh, on Saturday um even those that are kind of in the firing line for some uh, undue criticism I'd probably say um I think they you know I think everybody had a good game on Saturday um how was uh, you know how did you see it from from where you were and uh, we, I'm just thinking it was you were at the far end from when we scored the first goal weren't you yes yes yeah so, um I mean yeah, I mean, I just didn't. I want to pick you up on a point that you said there, Ben. You can't win a a league playing ugly. I think Rotherham are going to make a good job of doing it, aren't they? Well, yeah. <laughs> and and we did it sort of. If you think about it, the back end of the season that we won League Two. I mean, it wasn't. It was pretty ugly from February, about February onwards. Would you agree with that? Um. Like the draws at home, the constant draws, and yeah, I mean, I, I think one nil wins away from home, things like that. Yeah, probably. Um, I, you know, I think the the uh, Rotherham probably uh, will, obviously will come on to it, but the, you know, the, I think they will adjust to to the opposition that they're playing. Um, and I think obviously we did that on Saturday. So, yeah. Um, the game. So talk yeah, about let's, the game. Let's then. talk about the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No. Yeah. It was it was good. The first half. Obviously, I think they they probably they had a few sort of forays forward. Um, they looked a decent team. They were passing it around with, with a lot of confidence. Um, you know they didn't look like a team in the first 10-15 minutes mm. sorry uh, that that hadn't won since December and I think they picked up an early three kick um, which they hit straight at Jordan Wright um, and apart from that they, you know they, they played it was a nice game of football in terms of both teams were passing it around um, there was a few mistakes from either defender and then you know the, the key moment sort of came what 10 minutes before half time, just less than 10 minutes. What was it? 38 minutes mm. um, where Whitaker's going down the left-hand side and it, it falls to Fiorini. And the thing is, we know he's capable of doing something like that. Yeah. Because we saw the Cambridge game away where he struck one. Uh, Burton away, he scored a goal not too dissimilar. And then obviously the Rotherham uh, goal that he scored in the home fixture was, was a tidy finish. And mm. to be honest with you, Ben, no, I didn't think most people in the away end knew the ball had gone in because the keeper got <laughs> some sort of touch to it, didn't he? And we thought that it had gone, he tipped it over, or that it had just gone and it hit the, um, you know, like the bars behind the goal. Yeah, we thought that it had smacked into that, and, and so the limbs were fairly like second <laughs> rate, um, to be honest. And but no, I mean we controlled it from there on in to half time. I I can't remember them, to, you know, it's sort of a bit of a. 
um, a bit of like a stab in the back sort of to, to Wimbledon. They didn't, they looked hurt from that because that I feel like they probably thought, I mean, I know reading their media and, and watching some of their, um, their vloggers and stuff like that. They, they probably thought they were the better heart, uh, better team in that first half and probably deserved to go in in front. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think we, we did enough to be in front, um, by half time. I mean, I know we'll come on to a couple of the decisions in, uh, in a little bit, but, um, I, you know, I think they had, um, had a, a decent bit of possession, but and I think, you know, we, we kind of just managed to, well, to, to be the better, be the better side. Um, and you know, the fact that Fiorini essentially scored from, you know, the, the little run from Whitaker, and then, you know, obviously he got tackled, but it, it fell to him quite fortunately. I think that's probably fair to say, mm. um, you know, the, the fact that we managed to, or we managed to put that in was just, yeah, it was fantastic. Really, really, really nice finish. Um, and it, it carried on from, um, you know, where he was, where he picked off, Oh, sorry, he picked up from where he left off um, in the past couple of games. Um, I thought he, he maybe was, um, you know, maybe a little bit quiet um, uh, the previous game. But, um, yeah, I think he, you know, he sort of started to, to get back to the point where he was running the show again on uh, on Saturday. Um, I thought, he, you know, had a, had a good game. Um, there wasn't, if I can try to remember, I don't think there were too many incidents really in the... Um, in the rest in of the, the first, first half, no, the, there wasn't much going on in the first half. I think, I mean, there were incidents off the stand in the in the fact that the the Wimbledon sort of home fans were were, were quite embarrassing. Um, but okay. I think I think um, in terms of the stewards as well, it, it's worth pointing out the stewards. Obviously, we've been quite critical on on the pod about the stewarding sometimes at, at home games, but the stewarding in the away end at Wimbledon for anyone that went was exceptional. And the fact that when we were doing the, you know how we do the dam busters after we've scored and mm. all their stewards are joining in at the front and started sit. Do you know how, how, um, God, I'm going to name drop Cornell here on, on the, on the pod. Um, <laughs> and you know, when Cornell was a steward and he was bopping away at the bottom of lower four and bopping his head and having a sing and a dance. Yeah. Um, they were all like that. And it was so refreshing to see, Based off of um, sort of the, well, the perhaps the last three or four weeks at, at Lincoln, so no, it was. I mean, it, it was an event. You know, that apart from the goal, not a lot happened. I think most of the action sort of happened in the in in the second period, really. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're saying that about the stewarding. And I did see some of the uh, the images from Ipswich, and I just thought that was uh, a little bit a little bit extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, on on the Ipswich side, I think that's awesome. You know, cops in riot gear. I was like, really, Lincoln Ipswich? Okay, um, massive game, Ben. Cup final <laughs> for them. The, reven- the revenge in the the the, um, the the FA Cup after we absolutely pulled their pants down in front of the whole class. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, let's let's sort of move into into the second half then because. Um, it, it was shaping up to be a very, very nervy last 20 minutes or so, wasn't it? Um, particularly due to, you know, a couple of incidents. I mean, there was um, my understanding is that, uh, you know, the Wimbledon, uh, the Wimbledon team or the, the management team necessarily weren't too happy um, with the man in the middle's performance. However, trying to call it, you know, as objectively as we can being a Lincoln City podcast um, I 
think the two of the three big decisions I think were you know were right. Sorry, yeah. no, one of the three big decisions were uh, you know they they got right. Um, yeah. The the penalty for me, you know, that they had a big penalty appeal, um, which got turned down. I mean, for, to my eyes, he's he's halfway over before um, yeah. you know Jordan Wright gets to him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I I can't. You can't say that that is, you know, legitimately a penalty when you you kind of forty five degrees to the floor before you even you know get to, uh, get any sort of contact. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Did, did you see that? Yeah, I, I did. I did. I did. I, I mean, I, I sort of could tell from from because I was a little bit behind the goal, uh, away from the side of the goal, and I, I could tell that it was on his way down. But given the fact that the referee had given you know a few questionable decisions in the first half, and yeah. You know, in the second half, um, not that he, I think he was favouring Wimbledon, but I think the crowd got on his back a little bit and, and he was more inclined to give a decision their way. And, you know, you, mm. you just never know with these EFL refs, do you, what, what they're going to do. And fortunately, um, he saw it. I mean, I've, I don't know if you've listened to the, um, the AFC Wimbledon manager's reaction after the game uh, on YouTube. No. And he goes, the linesman come when when he trots back down to the halfway line, he says to the manager, uh, "Yeah, it was Stonewall for me." Uh, now this is the words of the the Wimbledon manager. I'm not saying the Lionel said this, whatever. Uh, this is the words of uh, Robinson, the the Wimbledon manager, and apparently this is, as I say, this is what he said, and he said that the referee had overruled him, which he was then questioning the the view of the referee, but. From where I was, I could tell it was a dive. Perhaps it's the angle the linesman was coming from. Perhaps mm. he couldn't see that he was on his way down. But I think the I mean, they, could tell. They did say on Radio Lincolnshire that some of the um, Wimbledon like officiating team, or you know, officiating team, sorry, uh, some of the Wimbledon backroom staff, um, they were saying, oh, you know, absolutely he's dived. Like, you know, I think at the time, I think Tomo was saying to him it was a penalty. Um, and then kind of you know um looking back on it he said oh well he is kind of halfway over before he gets the touch but there's still contact and then i think the wimbledon some of the wimbledon team basically turned around and said yeah he's dived there you know there's no there's no claim for a penalty so i know that he was uh you know the, the um that he was remonstrating with the ref at the end quite uh quite spectacularly um mm-hmm. But uh, you know, ultimately, I personally, I feel that um, that he got that one right. Um, the two that he got wrong for me were Wimbledon's disallowed goal. Um, when you look back at it, um, I think the the, the 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 lad that ran forward with it uh, was actually being played onside um, before the linesman's flag went up, um, which was yeah, a bit of a bit of good fortune for us. And I think they you know they've got a right to be aggrieved there. Um, but you know, the, the, a lot of people were saying, "Oh, he's, why has he pulled it back for the foul when he's he's thrown on goal?" And so, well, he's been <laughs> offside. So ultimately, yeah, there was no advantage, and he got the free kick out of it. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I say probably got a right to be aggrieved there, um, even though it's you know ever so slight. They definitely were aggrieved, weren't they? Because did you read the match report after the game? <laughs> yeah. Um, and we obviously we got we uh, we we were sent weren't we? Well, I think I think Gaz was sent a photo of the uh, of the frame of where the players played the ball. And is it Jack Radoni that goes and scores the goal? I think 
he's clearly onside, isn't he? Um, yeah. I think I think I, I seem to remember. I don't know what he said. I think Gaz perhaps stuck an argument in for the for them being offside or the advantage not being applied. Or and I can understand why they were aggrieved because they had the ball and there wasn't. A, I feel like there probably was an advantage. But you could tell that our, our defenders just sort of stopped. You could tell that Jordan Wright sort of half-arsed was just stood in the goal thinking, you know, he'd seen the linesman. But yeah. what I found funniest, Ben, was um, the away the away section, the home section that were right in the corner near the, near the away fans, uh, the ones that were being quite embarrassing in the first half, hadn't noticed the linesman had put his flag up. <laughs> and I away. think they were celebrating for maybe a good 120, 150 seconds until they realised <laughs> that the lines... Were, and to be honest with you, I wasn't expecting it. I was thinking, oh, God, we've conceded. That we're, we'll hang on for a point here. But fortunately, that that, that beautiful linesman who uh, stuck there with his flag up, took all the flack from <laughs> Alex Woodyard. Um, absolutely did the wrong job, but it was the right job for us. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was... Um... Yeah, it, it was, I say, a little bit of good luck on our side. But then, you know, the big incident from the game, and it's obviously one that he's got wrong, which we will come on to, uh, was Brooke Norton Cuffey getting sent off. Um, I, you know, at the time, um, it, it looked initially like he'd been sent off for, for raising both of his hands um, and, you know, getting involved, which, yeah, I mean, essentially he's pushed him. It's a yellow card, and it's a yellow card to the other lad, you know, at, at both um because it's 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 just a bit of a you know as as a, a former radio as a, a radio lincolnshire uh, pundit may have said it's handbags you know there's nothing nothing vicious about it but i think as soon as he ran over um you could see fiorini like immediately as soon as he as soon as the referee kind of went to his pocket you saw fiorini's reaction of just what is he doing um and he sent him off and yeah i i think the initial um, response, you know, for, for a few of us on, on social media was, look, they're not going to do anything about it. Like, if he's raised his hands, then, yeah, the referee, he's, he's probably within his rights to send him off, even though it's not necessarily the correct decision. Um, but then after the game, when it came out, you know, that it was for a headbutt, you think, well, if it's for a headbutt, then they've got to rescind it because there's there's no headbutt there like if the referee sent somebody off for, for raising the hands then the fact is that yes they have raised the hands and that's not going to get turned over but um thankfully it got uh, it got overturned i mean what did you see of the incident because it, it, it i imagine it was probably a little well a little bit of nothing really from from your end was it yeah it, it looked like the ball had just run out of play and the, the Wimbledon man knew he wasn't going to get to the ball, so he's, I think it's Lee Brown, isn't it, that was yeah. at, at Portsmouth. Um, he gave Brooke a, you know, Brooks clearly marshalled him off well. Uh, Lee Brown, I think it looks like, just gives him a bit of a cheeky nudge to say, yeah, you won't be doing that again, mate. Um, and it's the experienced pro winding up the lad who's just making his first handful of, of EFL starts, really, isn't it? And he's playing yeah. that to his advantage. Um, yeah, yeah. I can understand why Brooks is a bit irate, because... He, he wouldn't have experienced anything like in an under-23s football players trying to wind you up. Because mm. uh, in a way, they're just trying to get out of under-23s under football. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I saw him push him. Um, yeah. And then I, I sort of turned away thinking, oh, it's just, you know, that's just Brooke a little bit. He's a bit of a similar sort of to 
to what Dan and London was in the fact that he was just a bit, you know, big, clunky. And that's just how he does things. And mm. we weren't expecting the red car to come out. Obviously, since since having a look at the um, the, the, the the footage and from the Wimbledon end. Oh God, <coughs> sorry, but pardon me. I'm, I'm a little bit wheezy. I've had a I've had a, had a really busy day. Um, yeah. So it it looks like they do go head to head. And I, yeah. I found it strange that, that Lee Brown's kissed him. Um, <laughs> I mean, that that just sums up the fact that he's trying to wind him up, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I, and I think so. And and, the, and obviously, we were all sort of we t- we half turned away, thinking, "Oh, he's just going to have a word with both players, and he's going to uh, we're going to have a goal kick, and we're and we're going to try and get another one." But he brandishes the red card. Everyone's going, "What? Yeah. For, for for a push?" And um, obviously, the the fact that he got rescinded sort of tells you. Um, that it was wrong to send him off, but you know there were there were moments that on uh, during the week, weren't there, and over the weekend that we were all very concerned that, given the history of of the FL sticking with their officials and things like that, yeah, that we weren't going to see Brook last night, which which uh, I think was probably fair from from people who who were saying that because you know the EFL highly backed their referees and because they don't want to say they've made a mistake, do they? I mean, that was my concern is that, you know, usually if a player goes forehead to forehead with somebody else, then that would usually sort of write off any chance of a of, of a card being rescinded. But um, no, I was uh, and absolutely delighted when I saw the tweet come through um, yesterday morning uh, saying that Brooke would be in the squad. But let's go back to Saturday and my man of the match, uh, John Marquis, who absolutely ran himself into the ground, um, had obviously picked up on, is it Chanev? Is that how you pronounce his, the keeper's uh, first? Chanev, yeah. Look, it, I would guess it. Obviously, it's TZ, which yeah. is yeah. an absolute minefield for a, a commentator. <laughs> but yeah, he's picked up on the fact that, uh, you know, Chanev is doing, uh, when he when he kind of gets control of the ball, he, he's got a bit of a heavy touch to him. Um, and I think there were a few instances where, you know, both... Uh, Marquis and Hopper were, were kind of trying to chase him down and, and get something out of it. But yeah, ball comes in from a throw in. Marquis chases him down. He makes a mistake, smacks it straight into Marquis, who then, you know, chases it down, brings it down with some really, really nice skill and then just squares it to Bishop, who I, I don't know how he managed to stay calm in that moment, but just really calmly guides it into the bottom corner and uh, cue, as you would say, Jake, the limbs. Uh, do you know what, Ben? I was going to go for a different word this time. I was going to go bedlam. Um, <laughs> like we t- like obviously that that when Marquis is there on the byline and he's passing it to Teddy Bishop, that ball moved in slow motion. Like I didn't know whether he'd got enough on the ball, and I was seriously concerned. But then obviously Ted runs onto it, and and it, it, it'd be fair to say it sort of treacles in, into the corner. Treacles, not treacles. Tre- yeah, oh, now I'm thinking of dessert. Because <laughs> um, you've had a salad, it, Jake. I know, I know. Um, anyway, so, <laughs> it, do you know what? It sort of reminds me, you know how we've scored these set-piece goals against Wednesday and Wickham? Do you know how Morgan Whitaker's shot for the, the Wednesday goal was completely scuffed to, yeah. to, to John Mark? It sort of felt a little bit like that, that, that Ted literally scuffed it into the net, but yeah, I mean, you see the video going around social media, and uh, I think three or four people came bundling behind me from a couple of rows above. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's good, isn't it? Because you could that in that moment, the players and the fans really felt together, and it it's sort of been a long time since that 
Like, do you know what I mean? It sort of felt yeah. like that, especially on an away day, because whenever we score on a bloody away day, Ben, I don't know if you've noticed this, but it's always down the other end of the pitch, yeah. like always. <laughs> but And it's so rare that we score in front of our own fans, and it's such a significant goal because it won us the game. Mm. And like you could just see the passion. I mean, Lewis Fiorini did it like, like some little pathetic little jump and he was excited and Regan Paul I mean you've seen the videos I mean he looks like I don't know like someone out of um, Monsters Inc trying to scare one of those kids um, and it was amazing it was yeah. it literally like I, I was in massive pain um, I mean I, I, I go we, we took some sort of dodgy route back um, shout out to my, my football family Keith, Chris and, and Luca and, and Jordan we all went uh, and Ollie, we went through uh, central London to get home, but I was in agony sat in traffic. But because we won the game, it was brilliant. Didn't like if we, had, if we had lost that and had to go through central London, through Knightsbridge, past Harrods in that traffic, <laughs> I'd have been one miserable Ryan low. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I know what you mean. So, um, yeah, it was good, mate. It was, I mean, I can still feel it in my ribs and like in my legs, but fantastic it just it it and it felt like a really defining goal as well you know how we've pulled ourselves out of it before yeah and and then we've been dragged back into it mm. i sort of see that goal as a bit of a turning like the, we've pulled ourselves out of it and we're now going to try and kick on and and with games the games left i, I think we another win or two probably does it i personally i think two more wins and i reckon we'll be okay um because you know I think I think Gaz said it last week. You know, you've got in those last what is it uh, eight games now? Nine games, by the way. Sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the, the bottom four. Like the bottom four, they've all got eight games left to play. So in those eight games, they I don't think many of them are playing each other um, over that time. So they're not going to be, you know, getting. There won't be like massive three point swings every week um, necessarily with with those teams playing each other. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it took us to eight points above the, the relegation zone. And I, uh, yeah, I just agree with you. Like you can see, you can really see what it means. Um, but uh, I think, you know, special, you know, a little bit of a special shout out has to go uh, to Jordan Wright because, you know, we've not been known for keeping clean sheets this season. And he pitched in with some cracking saves um, and, you know, coming away with a clean sheet there. I think there was... Uh, the the one save which for me was a bit bizarre because it, it looked like he'd saved it but it got given as a goal kick was where I think their uh, their, their striker sort of flashed it across the face of goal yeah yeah I know which one you mean yeah, and yeah. It, it looked like right had just got a hand to it and kind of pushed it away from the goal but um, you know it went out for a goal kick and then there was another one late on from a corner I think where it it came in with a bit of pace and he managed to push it away um, but he pushed it you know sort of parrying the shot he. he parried it all the way along the goal line um, rather than straight back out into the, into the box. So yeah, really good display from him. Um, are we doing shout out? Are we doing shout outs, Ben? Because John Marcus, I think deserves one. Um, well, I said he was my man of the match. Yeah. And but in terms of what he does after the game as well, where he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. he does it at home every week. And I, I think that Lincoln fans probably don't appreciate it as much because you can tell, I mean, Danny and Nicky did something similar, didn't they? Um, at the end of every game, and you can tell they've they've had they've worked with them a little bit, but like what a bloke to do that after every game, even when we lose, even when he's getting shouted abuse and stuff like that, like what a man! Like, mm. like, like I would 
seriously consider leaving my non-existent girlfriend to, to be with John Marquis. Like, he is that I'm sure million. he'd be happy to have you, Jake. Well, well if you listen to the pod, um, John, uh, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. My DMs are very open. Sounds like something. No, I'm not going to go there. Right, let's move on. Um, <laughs> because, obviously, we were talking about Jordan Wright. The oh, reason yeah, sorry. <laughs> the reason that he's, uh, you know, he, he was involved in the game on Saturday um, was because of Josh Griffiths getting himself, well, getting injured against, um, who was it? Who was it? Wednesday. Yeah, it was against Wednesday, wasn't it? Yeah. So injured against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, Jordan Wright sort of coming in, playing against Ipswich, keeping a clean sheet on Saturday. And um, yeah, I think Josh Griffiths has confirmed today uh, that his season is indeed over. Uh, so he will be returning to West Brom. Um, which is a bit of a shame. You know, I think he, he had a bit of a rough start. Um, he, you know, by his own admission sort of said, yeah, I had a you know, bit of a, a, a dodgy start. And then he went away with the, the England setup, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, and then sort of managed to get his head back in the game and, and continued from there. But, uh, yeah, uh, a disappointing, disappointing uh, end to the season for him. Um, you know, I'm sure everybody will you know, wish him the best, and and you know, hopefully, he'll be getting better, you know, getting stronger in his career and wherever his next move takes him. But um, it does lead us on to Tuesday in a slightly roundabout way because obviously we, you know, we found out yesterday morning that Brook Norton Cuffey was going to be available for selection, and then we. Um, you know, sort of found out that that uh, um, well, we were sort of we were anticipating that Josh might be out for the season, but um, yeah, it, it, it was a uh, I hate I hate the cliches, but it was a game of two halves last night, wasn't it? It was um, first half was abject, and then the second half we were really really good. I thought, I mean, letting slip two goals in the space of three minutes, it. It almost seemed like we were slipping back to, to kind of you know the Lincoln that beat ourselves, wasn't it? Yeah, I I, I can see what you mean, and there's a there's a whole sort of on on social media and stuff like that saying game of two halves. Uh, we played crap in the first half and 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 bet much better in the second half. Do you know what? But I don't think we actually played well for the entirety of the second half. I thought we played well for fifteen minutes, and you go you go to somewhere like Rotherham. Who are top of the league? Who are massively in? Um, you know that you know they've got good players, haven't they? And the championship mm. experience, and you give them a two-goal head start. Because let's be honest, yeah. the, the, the the goals we conceded. I mean, I think the got the um, the first goal from Wiles. I think we had a warning, perhaps maybe ninety eight hundred seconds in, didn't we? Where where Jordan Wright makes a good save at the back post, and that if you look back at the goal they scored, is very similar in, into the terms that they get. Wiles off Fiorini, off the back of Fiorini, and into that sort of half space between the left wing back and and Joe Walsh, where he where he ultimately stuck the ball away, and we, we didn't give them the lead, but we made it quite easy for them. Yeah, and then we we were very passive, um, for, especially for the first half. Uh, I didn't really. I thought we were poor in the first half. We 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 let Rotherham slap us about a little bit. And Wotherham could have killed us off if they wanted to, couldn't they? They they could have been, they could have had chances. They they did have chances, and they and they could have put the ball in the net, perhaps mm. three, four, five times. And yeah. um, when Jordan Wright was was um, which I'm sure you you want to talk about was was go was down after that 
um, Josh Coyote sort of kung fu kick to his jawline. Um, yeah, I, I think we're all sort of anticipating. Oh God, who's going to go go and goal? Um, I, mean, I don't know who you thought, but, but me, me, Christian, and Luca and Jordan all thought that it was going to be um, Jacko the way he was sort of stood next to, to to Jordan when he was on the floor. I don't know what you thought about that. I, I don't know, to be honest. It was just one of those moments where you think, oh, Christ, what are we going to do? Stick the big lad in. That's what you do yeah. at five aside. Just, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Just, and Jacko's a big boy. And he <laughs> could have come and claim the catches. You know what I mean? <laughs> just me shouting from the sidelines. Chuck us a jersey, lads. That's <laughs> the one. Um, no, but it's, Is you all Sid, mate, to be honest? <laughs> cheeky bastard. No, I mean, like, it was... Like, yeah, so going back to the goals, I mean, like, the first goal... It was a soft one to concede. I mean, whether it was whether it was one of those where you know it kind of a bit like you describe in uh, Ted's goal on Saturday. You know, it, it sort of seemed to just creep in and yeah. just trickle over the line. Um, I think Jordan got a hand to it though. I think Jordan hit Jordan got a hand on it and it hit it hit the post, didn't it? Yeah, so it, the, it was off the, the post second then, goal. He didn't mark. He got the second goal. I don't think. Ogbené, I don't think he meant it at all. <laughs> I mean, like the second goal for me, like you, as as you say, we were sat um, behind the goal and to the left, so basically in line with the incident that we're going to talk about in a second. But um, you know, you can see there's just daylight between you know the the goal and Ogbené for that got uh, for that strike, and there's. That nobody seemed to close him down. There wasn't a huge amount of urgency. Um, and he, he just lashed one in. And I saw a lot of people, um, I saw a lot of people criticizing the midfield last night um, after the first half and saying that, you know, we needed to make changes. And I think we did look very lightweight. Um, you know, it was, it was hard to, to kind of expect, um, you know the, the the lads that were out there. It was difficult to expect them to, um, you know, put in a defensive midfield uh, display. I mean, like you know, Luis Fiorini's not a midfield hard man, you know, or a, you know, a bit of a marshal. And I think it, that was the criticism that I think I had last night was that it we didn't have that player in the middle of the park. And I know that. Some people have criticised him or, you know, the fact that he's not had much game time this season. But genuinely, I think the difference was um, was potentially Lars Sorensen coming on because he's got that bit of steel to him. And I think he's got that, you know, sort of blood and thunder attitude a little bit. Um, and he was putting in some some tackles again last night that were, you know, pretty solid. And I just kind of thought, yeah, you know, it, it seemed to balance things out a little bit more. And... I don't necessarily agree with you when you say we played good for about 15 minutes. I think we, we started to to get back into the game more or less from the off. I mean, we weren't on top by any means, but I think um, I, I think we probably, uh, you know, had half an hour, um, in my opinion, of, of a decent, a decent second half. Um, but we just needed that 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 grit in the midfield. Um, and by the time the game ended um obviously you know the the move for 
for Harper's goal was fantastic. But uh, I've just remembered we haven't gone back to the incident that I was. That, I was about. just about to. Mention that. I didn't <laughs> want to jump in, but yeah, you, obviously you were. You saw it better than I did because you were sat like right behind it. And yeah, and I, that video of, so, of social media. I know we've sort of. I think Gaz put it into the the Station West group chat, didn't he? Um, yeah. And it looks deliberate from there. I mean, I couldn't tell it was deliberate. I, I mean, you you go ahead because I, I I didn't really see much wrong with it from where I was sat, but having seen it back, 100%, yeah, I mean, I think he's done it on purpose. Obviously, the video on on social media it's it's kind of half speed, so you, you get that advantage of it. You know, you get that kind of benefit of in hindsight, you can see that it's it's a little bit more nasty than it initially looks. But I mean, from where we were, like. I'd say we're more or less in line with it. You can see it pretty much clear as day. To me, it looks like Wright's got the ball and the lad's gone through. And like, yeah, you're not going to stop there. But he's kind of gone through. But then it's the way that his left leg follows it. Like, if you look at his stride, his he's kind of his right foot's forward. He's going to put his right foot on the floor, you know, about half a yard behind Jordan Wright. But he kind of swings his left leg round and it, it's the left leg that does it for me. And that, that makes it, you know, I think I said to, uh, to guys on Twitter that, you know, it's that bit that makes it cynical for me. Um, and to me, it, you know, it looked, it looked awful from where I was. Um, and you know, from, you know, the fact that Jordan Wright didn't move for a good minute or two, you know, it was, it was one of those moments where you just think, Oh Christ, this is horrible. Um, but you know, when, when the referee doesn't give anything, I think two of the responses, I think you said it. And I think Jack uh, Mulhall said it as well to me on Twitter that you'd be disappointed if your striker doesn't go for that. And I, I agree. Like the striker is well within his rights to go for that. However, in my opinion, if it goes wrong and you know, the contact is made in the way that it was last night, there has to be some sort of repercussion for that. And the fact that the referee just didn't give anything at all, you know, he, he, I don't think he even gave a free kick. You know, it was, um, it was a, it was a bad challenge. Um, it, worthy of at least a yellow card, in my opinion. Um, it potentially should have been a red, but yeah, I, I just think if you're going in for a challenge like that, you you know yeah keepers are a different breed <laughs> some of them might argue that they're a bit mad but i i just thought it was um a very uh, very bad challenge um and it you know should have been punished but yeah just uh hope that jordan's all right because like you say there was that brief moment where everyone was thinking christ who's going to come on yeah uh yeah i mean uh, i'm still sort of firmly in that you let your striker go for it because the goalkeeper and the centre forward are going into that respective challenge, knowing what's coming. Um, So therefore it's brave goalkeeping um, from Jordan Wright. And that's to be commended. Um, Also his job uh, as a, as a goalkeeper myself, it's, it's your job to put your your head in where it hurts. And in terms of Coyote, um, I I think he has to, I agree with you. I I think that the the legs are necessary, um, but you know, you, if that's if the ball bubbles off the goalkeeper and he's on his heels, and can you imagine it, it, for example, if that's Josh Vickers and Marquis or Hopper's on his heels, and 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 the, he's not ready and he's not in that position, and 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 the ball breaks and it, and he's not there, 
Mm. You, know, you can imagine the repercussions of the, the in terms of the supporters that he'd get for that. So, yeah. I, I mean, it's a, it's a tight, it's a tight one, isn't it? Um, obviously, we're on the receiving end of it, so we're sort of feeling aggrieved. Um, whereas, yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, the argument, the argument for me is like, you know, you expect your striker to go in for it, but if there is a collision like there was, you know, there's got to be something, there's got to be a consequence for that. And um, yeah, it, it looked, it looked nasty. Um, and like you said, when you, when you watch the replay back, it's, it's just not great. And yeah, it, it just looks like he swings his left leg in, but let's move on. Cause you know, we had a good second half and I'm aware that we're getting on for time in the podcast and we've not even touched on the weekend's game yet, but second half was a lot better, wasn't it, Jake? Yeah, I'm, parts of it were for me. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I think we it's known that we disagree on that, uh, but that makes for a better, better podcast, Ben. So, um, yeah, I, I think we showed up maybe five minutes before the goal and then 10 minutes um, sort of afterwards. I think we had a couple of chances where uh, Hops was put one over the bar, anti that's very similar sort of build-up play to the actual goal. Um, and then we get the goal. Um, a really, really good good ball from Fiorini um, mm. down the side of the defence, which, again, like we said with his goal away at, at Wimbledon, we know that he's capable of it. It's just so frustrating to see him do it in so few games. But perhaps this is now back-to-back games where he showcased his ability. So maybe you're thinking he's turned a corner. Um I mean, I won't lie, I've been a critic of Karen Bramble for, for quite a while, but he's sort of turned his form around uh, back end of this season. Really good ball across. And, you know, I was just chuffed that it was Tom Hopper getting on the end of it because obviously that's his, his first goal since coming back. And then I was texting my mate after we'd scored who was in the Rotherham end and said, he reckoned we were going to get a point there. And, and the opportunity right at the end is the one that kills you, isn't it? Because Liam Cullen is spinning... He hits the ball at, at, at Vickers. You see, I don't think that's the biggest opportunity. I think when the ball comes crashing back to Liam, and he, I just think if Liam had scored a couple more goals on this loan spell, I don't think he passes that ball to Lass. Do you know, do you know what I mean? It, it, didn't, I think, it didn't pass it. It came The, the ball rebounded to Lass, didn't it? it, it no, he, he, it, the ball came back to Liam, and Liam sort of shifted to the right, noticed that Lass was there, and just tapped it to Lass's path. And then it's sort of, I don't know what part of Lass's, you know, lower shin or <laughs> Toblerone it came off and it just scooped up into the air. And at that moment, that was the chance when it, that was like, you thought, right, well, we're, we're not going to get a better chance than that. And do you know what? And on a fair reflection, um, given how quick Rotherham came out of the blocks and how poor I thought we were for, 75 minutes I, I would probably say the result was fair and accurate yeah I think um, you know we. I went into the game not expecting anything from it I, I didn't expect a point if I'm honest um, but just getting that that close to it at the very end you know I think we we had rather than panicking you know they were going long they were you know, rushing the clearances and I think the fact that we were getting them on the back foot a little bit felt like oh we can maybe get something from you and when we didn't and when you have that last second chance it's just like oh it's it as, as we always said it's the hope that kills you on it but um yeah i mean i think over the two games that we've had i think rotherham have been the best team that i've seen this season um you know they've 
they know what to do. They they adjust well. I think they they won pretty much everything um, when it came to second balls. You know, they were cutting out crosses. They were cutting out long direct passes. And yeah, I I don't think there's going to be any anybody that would begrudge them championship football next season because I thought they were. You know, they did a job last night and they did it very very well. Um, yeah, yeah, and they're effective, aren't they, Ben? And yeah, and that's exactly what you have to be. And yeah, they they, they play their football well. And they've, they've got good players. Like, mm. A lot of those players would get into our team, and mm-hmm. um, they've got a really good manager as well. Paul Warren is someone that I, I'm sure we both rate really highly, and um, mm. all the best to them because I think if you finish above Rotherham, you probably win the division, don't you? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I think they're yeah by far. Um, by far the best team that we've seen this season in the home and away fixtures. Um, but shall we move on? Because I know that um, after the game, Michael said that he was looking to potentially bring in um, an emergency loan goalkeeper. Uh, that looks like it's going to be on the cards either by the end of the week. So it could well be, um, or it could well have happened by the time that we, uh, by the time that you hear this, because, uh, you know, Thursday and all that. Um, but two names seem to be jumping out at the moment. Um, first one is uh, Jake Eastwood from Sheffield United, um, who seems to have, you know, made a bit of a name for himself. However, he's not really played above League Two for a little while. So maybe one of those where it might be a bit of a, a bit of a punt. Yeah, I, I mean, I I can't say that I've seen much of of Eastwood. Um, I mean, I would find it absolutely hilarious if if we were to sign a a lone goalkeeper just before we play Sunderland at, at home <laughs> in a game. Um, even better if it would be Joe Bursick, but unfortunately, <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, oh, I forgot much, yeah. our old fan, uh, our old you know fan on the social media is going to be at it again, isn't he? Oh old, yeah, old Keith Big from time. Sunderland. Oh, big time, big time, and uh, uh, yeah, Jake Eastwood. I, I don't know. I, I think given the two names that are available, obviously, um, the the second name being Alex Palmer, um, mm-hmm. obviously had, did really well for us last year. Um, is probably the the desired pick out of the goalkeepers I've seen us linked with. Um, yeah. Obviously, he's he's just finished a loan spell at Luton. Uh, where he picked up an assist, so uh, fair play to him. <laughs> uh, that's half as many as our midfield this season. So I was say, well, people are saying we need to go long. So yeah, and and do you know, what? I I think Palmer. <laughs> I think do you know, what? I feel like Palmer missed out last year, and the fact that he never got to see a full Central Bank rock him, mm. and I feel like bringing him in would. I, I'm not saying that this is like the be all and end all, but would give him a fair send-off for what he did last year as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, that's true, actually. I, I, I think that it, it, it's... I mean, whether we can get him or not um, is a different matter, but purely for that sort of personal that personal thing, and he's already got a bond with the supporters. Um, we know what we're getting with Palmer, and um, he would be my pick, and I'm probably sure he'd be a lot of people's picks as well, but it's whether West Brom want to to give out a goalkeeper because obviously Josh has gone back and he's injured so he won't be available and um, Sam Johnston and I think it's uh, David Button is is their other goalkeeper so uh, one to keep an eye on and uh, knowing us better it's probably been uh, announced at 11 o'clock uh, Friday morning 
Yeah, it'll likely be announced before the podcast goes live, particularly as we've got, what, 36 hours before it goes live? But anyway, um, yeah, no, I think it's um, Alex Palmer's obviously the, the, the name that I think a lot of a lot of City fans are going to want um, just because, like you say, he's got that rapport, he's got that relationship um, with the club. And for, by all accounts, he absolutely loved it here. You know, I think it's going to be um, an interesting one because I think when we... I think I saw the the news that he'd gone to Luton, but I wasn't aware that it was only a seven day term. Yeah. Um. So the fact that you know he's now available again was was definitely a you know a, a bit of a bonus. But we shall see. It would be lovely to see Mr. Palmer at the bank and like you say in front of the full full house. Um. But we shall move on. Um. As is always the case now, we are giving people a little sneak peek into your preview of the weekend's game with a fan of the opposition team. So, as of the time of recording, we have yet to actually do that. And uh, I believe you've still potentially got a couple of names in the hat. So, um, if you could uh, give us a bit of an intro, like a sneaky sneaky introduction when you do the recording, that would be grand because then I can introduce it properly. So Yes, okay. I'll make sure to do that. So uh, here we are. This is a little bit of Jake's preview. Here's my chat with SAFC Fan TV pundit Jack Dodds. Uh, I think what we're experiencing at the moment is that there's a lot of fans who are starting to come towards the end of the patience. Uh, I know this might sound quite arrogant, but I think when we first dropped down into the third division uh, for the second time about four years ago now, oh God, um, I think a lot of us did expect to go up at the first time of asking. If not, the idea of a second season of League One didn't sound too bad. Um, then the third season comes in and now we're in the fourth one. Um, and, you know, we find ourselves still fighting out for a, for a playoff spot. And But I think a lot of fans are just getting a bit fed up now. Um, and and it, it is starting to slip a little bit this season. I've noticed home, home atmosphere has been quiet the last few games. Uh, very reflective of the performances, I think, though. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think we did well to maintain it for quite a while, but I worry that next season um, it, it may drop off significantly, I think, uh, if if we don't achieve promotion in May. I mean, you know, automatic promotion was, was written off a long time ago, you know. Um, so now it's, I think you know, the, the, there's kind of two objectives now. With the, moment. the first one is to com- confirm a playoff spot because that's still a while off. And the second one is to obviously go win the playoffs. As for, do, do I think we'll finish in the top six? I think we will do. Uh, we've experienced not the best form over the past few months, but we are just starting to, I think, correct a few, you know, right a few wrongs. As for that, then the playoffs are a lottery. Um, you know, it's not necessarily the side who finishes, you know, third or fourth who tends to go up. It tends to be the team who enters it in the best form. I look at last season in League One, Blackpool were about mid-table, I think, in January, February yeah. time, but went on a really, really long, good run, strung loads of wins together, and then end up winning the playoffs. Yeah, um, I mean, when he first came in, um, don't get me wrong, there didn't appear to be a massive change. But he was coming into a side, a squad, where I think there was a mixture of, of players with different problems. Uh, we had a lot of players who I think were lacking minutes in fitness. A few lads who were signed in January um, haven't really played much this season or been left out the squad for significant periods of time. And equally, I think there were a lot of lads who played too many minutes over the course of the season. Um, but we are starting to come into a little bit of form now. Um, three wins in our last four games. The other one was a draw, so undefeated in four and, and 75% win ratio, I guess you could say as well. Uh, three clean sheets in there as well. Um I think what he's starting to do is, like, like I touched on earlier, is just right a few wrongs in the squad at the moment. 
going forward and scoring goals has ne- never been our problem this season. We- we've always we've always been good at that. What's held us back this season so far, really, in my opinion, has been an inability to keep clean sheets and, and co- conceding goals at costly costly periods. Yeah, um, Dan Neil, similar to Colin Doyle, really. Uh, this was his breakout season. He hadn't he played a handful of first team games before. Uh, the beginning of this campaign and again looked absolutely electric in those you know opening kind of 15-20 games it was brilliant um, but what I've noticed about Dan Neil is that when we're in control of a game when we can play our football when we can pass it along the floor and he's not got to worry too much about what's going on behind him mm. that's when you get the best out of him you start to get some kind of um, absent performances from Dan Neil when he's not necessarily in control of a game and especially when it gets a bit physical as well I think Um he, ha- he has been taking up the team uh, over the last few weeks, uh, which I think has been part of, like I say, Alex Neil's plan to tighten us up at the back a little bit. But yeah, I mean, Dan Neil, you know, we're immensely proud of him. You know, he, he's a Sunderland fan. There's all, all Sunderland fans that have seen, you know, pictures of Dan Neil as a kid supporting us. There was a, a one during the rounds on Twitter of uh, a Sunderland fan holding up a flag. Uh, I think it was for one of the one of the Wembley weekends, and Dan Neil was was just stood there. And this was a few years ago. There was a picture of him uh, at Wembley celebrating Barini's goal about twenty thirteen, I think it was, yeah. when the, the Catalan Cup final against yeah. Man City. I can't really remember a a, a great deal. That one of the, the main memories I do have is, is of course, you know, we, we did play awful down at, at Central Bank, and I think he's rightly won that game. Um, but there was a lot of belief going into that second game. You know, it was the first game back with any fans at all. We had ten thousand socially distanced. Uh, and at the stadium alight, and we got after a good start. One thing I do remember in particular is um, Charlie White, who we had last season in South Wigan, um, had the ball in the box, and I think if he'd squared it across to, funny enough, it might have been Chris Maguire, I think. Yeah, yeah I think it was. Um, then, then we were in an almost guaranteed goal, but I think in the moment he just kind of hesitated, and I think he went to take it around the keeper or something. I can't remember exactly, but I remember that moment thinking, if that had went in, you know, how 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 different, you know, that the, the tie could have turned. But that's but I, I loved him in his time at Sunland. I know he did have that maybe little bit of chip on his shoulder, a bit of arrogance that mm. might rub some fans up the wrong way. But I, just, I loved his charisma. You know, and, and I felt as if he was one of those players who did always give a hundred percent as well. Yeah. Um lo- loved his attitude, but he, he tends to show up in those big moments, you know. He will go quiet for large periods of the season. And that's why I think he's never made the step up to championship football. And I think that's part of the reason why we didn't renew his contract at the end of last season. But, you know, when he, you know, in those big games, he does turn up. And I think it'll have been filling the occasion. And he thrive, he thrives off big occasions. He thrives off the crowd. And I think he thrives off high stakes. Uh, and that, it was written in the stars, really, I think, wasn't it, really, from a hat trick. And there we go. That was a little snippet of uh, Jake's preview. If you want to see the whole thing, make sure that you get subscribed to the Stacey West YouTube channel because Jake does one for every game. I do. And we're trying to reach 500 subscribers before the end of uh, 2022. Um, Gaz doesn't know this yet because I've not told him, but we're hopefully doing a bit of a a revamp on the um, YouTube channel Um, over the summer. I've I've purchased some new kits. So, uh, looking to use it and hopefully there's uh, going to be quite a bit of Lincoln City content coming your way next season and then uh, during the off season as well so get subscribed over there and uh, uh, and I'd like you to uh, join me on on that content grind there you go so right Sunderland yeah small game Ben we don't need to talk about it too much do we <laughs> Sunderland um if we don't make you know. the playoff semi-final within three minutes, I'm 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 disappointed in our fan base. 
I'm I'm saying nothing on that. I think you know we've obviously had the away game, so that will uh, be a result of you know a sort of uh, a repeat of that would be perfect. Do us nicely, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, you have to to, to factor in the fact that um, Streaky Lee is no longer in charge of uh, of Sunderland, so Maguire might not have the same uh, uh, sort of motivation. But yeah, I I think I think he's gonna. I, th- I think I think he won't have an issue getting himself up for this uh, up for this game, especially in front of a full Central Bank with a really full away end as well. The, like the Sheffield Wednesday game last week, there is no better place to be, and uh, Chris Maguire sorts of like he thrives on that environment, does he? So uh, hopefully, um, we'll, you you and Gaz will be talking about because it won't be me because we might win um, <laughs> about a, a, another three points and, and safety, but. You know, we're sat here joking that it's going to be a Chris Maguire masterclass. Um, it's going to be a tricky game, Ben, because they're um, yeah. just hitting a bit of form at the moment, and they got a really good win on on Saturday against Crew. Um, and I don't, I don't know if you saw this, Ben, but they've played in their away kit at home, and I just wanted to get your views on that. I know it's not really a football related, but I, I was a little bit starstruck. When was that? On Saturday, they played in their yellow away kit at, at the Stadium of Light. I mean, it might be because crew wear red and the and something to do with kit clashes. But I was going to say, what's crew's away kit? I I don't know. I think it's black, um, which might clash with the black shorts. But still, to wear your away kit at home, I mean, could never be us, could it? I'm just having a quick look. So the 21, 22 away kit. It is indeed a black away kit. Strange. Huh, that's really odd. I know that there was the um, there was the campaign a little bit earlier on in the season to get people or to get clubs to wear an away shirt instead of a home shirt at a home game for shelter. I want to say it was. Um, oh, brilliant. Have I, just, for that. Have, I, have I just pissed in the face of a charity? Have I just gone? No, I, I don't think that went. I don't think it went through in the end. I don't think anybody actually did it. But um, no, very, very strange one. But no, like I, um, it, it's obviously going to be a tough game. Um, like you say, Alex Neal's got them turned around a little bit. Um, they're kind of pretty much cementing themselves in um, in the playoff positions. Um, I, I'm going to, I think I called it a few months back, but I I can't see them, you know, I can't see them failing again. I just think it's going to be a, you know, they've got to do it this year, haven't they? Do, do you think they're going to win the playoffs? I think they will. Really? I, I mean, I don't. It, I, don't. I, I, I just think it's for a club of, you know, again, it's, it's, the same rhetoric but for a club of that size i just think you know you it, it's not a god-given right but it just seems like things are kind of lining up this time around um you know i should say we've, we've got they seem to be playing some good football at the moment they seem to be getting some good results and i think they've sort of stopped the rock because was it um it was it they lost six nil to was it bolton bolton yeah. yeah so you know they've obviously had a um, uh, a bit of a, a, a patchy period towards the end of Lee Johnson's tenure. But I think they're probably, you know, on the right track now. Um, and it, it's just going to be a very, very difficult game. Um, I would be delighted if we took a point from Saturday. Um, 
but I did say that against Sheffield Wednesday. So how do you see it going, mate? Yeah, I, I um, just thought of to, to touch on the, the, the promotion thing. I I think Sunderland will get knocked out in the, in the playoff semi-final again, funnily enough. Um, I think it'll be MK that go through the, through the playoffs if they don't go up automatically. Anyway, Sunderland, um, yeah, uh, difficult game, similar to the Sheffield Wednesday game, obviously. Um, they'll bring a big following. Um, it might kick off in town again. So hopefully the the police and that are all more prepared this time for what they were last week. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a difficult game, isn't it? They're, they're, like you said, they're a big football club at this level. They've got lots of quality. Um, Patrick Roberts is a name that stands out. Jack Clark, who was really good for Leeds in the Championship, who got who got a move up to Spurs, hasn't worked out for, from at Spurs for one reason or another. He's been on loan, I think, to uh, QPR as well uh, this season. Obviously, they've got the threat of of, of Stewart up front, who who scores for fun, and yeah, I, it's going to be difficult. Um, I'm with you. I think we look at it in a similar sort of vein to the Wednesday game where you take a point. Um, it's sort of, I'm, I'm not really a fan of saying free hits, um, hmm. but it's a game where you're not expecting to get anything. So anything would be a better, similar to the, the Wickham game, I think in many ways at, at the bank a few weeks ago, um, it could well mean we get something against them. And we all know that the better size in the division, um, not bar, the defeat that we had last night, we tend to do okay against, don't we? Um, mm. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think a point would be, would be good. Obviously, three would be better. Um, well than Jake, you can do maths, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I think I'd take a point like you, Ben. Um, agreeing, I know, which is which is quite disappointing from <laughs> a uh, de- you know debate point of view, but um, uh, a point would do me. Yeah, I. It's it's just a difficult game to to kind of preview because we seem to be, you know, Tuesday night aside, we seem to be doing better if we've uh, if we're playing a team in the top half. But it just depends on which team show up, you know. And I mean that from like a, a mentality point of view. Um, but like you say, it is that phrase of kind of a free hit. Um, we've still got an eight point gap. And what I didn't realise until I got in the car last night to come home was that there are now, what, three teams on 33 points underneath us? Um, and we're on 41. So we're we're slowly cl- like clawing away that, um, that, you know, from that gap or from that drop zone. Um, and it looks like we're just putting a bit of daylight in between everybody now. So anything that we can take from Saturday is obviously going to be a massive, massive bonus. Um but I think I would be delighted if we came away one all. Um, I think it'll be two one to Sunderland, but one all would be. Come on, Ben. I was just about to say how positive we were being until you went and said that. No, I, I, I genuinely do. Like you know, I think I think we've you know they're on a good run at the moment, and I think they're playing decent football. They've got they've got some really good players. Like they've got players that have no no um, like no reason to be in League One whatsoever. Um, but I don't know. We'll have to see. So anyway, is there anything else that we need to talk about? Because we are touching on an hour and then we've still got to put your preview in, Jake. Um, miss you, Gaz. That's all I've got to say. We oh. miss Gaz, don't we? <laughs> 
if you say so. It has been. Where's the it has... XG been? There's been no XG chat. People are going to love this. <laughs> you watch. There'll be a, there'll be a petition within a day. Oh, bring back XG on the Stacey West podcast. Don't worry, it will return next week because Gaz will be back. But uh, no, I think that's about everything, isn't it? Um, I think so. Yeah. Get subscribed if you're not already. Tell a friend and get them subscribed as well. Tell your mums. If you I, want. Um, yeah. Jake's um, single. There you go. Um, well, well, not if John Marcus sets me up. I will, <laughs> I will put that on my Twitter bio if he does decide to... Um, to, to slide into the DMs. Hopefully it's a knee slide because those are beautiful. Anyway, right. We'll see you next week. Up the, Up the imps. Come on. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.